Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. On this episode, I'll be joined by Lee Ryder as we discuss Newcastle United's pre-season. They beat Crew Alexander 3-0. There was a goal finding Carroll, but Dwight Gill left the pitch injured again. We'll also be discussing transfer plans. Are Newcastle really prioritising a left-back over a striker? And if so, who could come in? We'll also be looking at Jacob Murphy. Could he be given a second chance at St James's Park? And finally, there will be some takeover chat too, for which we apologise in advance. All that to come and much more on this episode of the Everything Is Black and White podcast. Hello and thanks for tuning in. Joined by our Chief Sports Writer Lee Ryder. Lee, hope you're doing well. We're going to dive straight in to that pre-season game against Crew Alexander. We couldn't get down due to COVID-19 restrictions, but Newcastle won 3-0. Unfortunately, the main talking point is the injury of Dwight Gill. Seems to be uh, a knee injury. He's going to go for a scan. Any update from what you understand on what that means for Dwight Gill's season? Of course, the impact that will have on Steve Bruce's transfer plans, but just gutting to see Dwight Gill leave the pitch injured yet again. Well, obviously, he's undergoing the scan today. Um, there's obviously a couple of reports saying that, you know, they, they are a bit concerned that this is going to be bad. But I think we have to wait now until we get the, the full sort of report back from Dwight Gill. And, you know, every player who has a, a, a knock of that nature is is going to have a scan. It's, it's not unusual. So we'll see what, um, see what comes of it. But, Whatever we look at it, as I said in a piece I've done today, this is a warning sign for Newcastle. They can't, they they're not haven't got too many goal scorers in the squad. Dwight Gale is probably the most prolific out, out of everyone they've got, and you know if he gets injured, then they could be in big trouble. So I, I do think they need another centre forward. I've said that right from the end of last season. Uh, they, they need someone to, to put the ball in the back of the net, otherwise they could uh, run into problems. We did have a goal for Andy Carroll, a very good goal. Uh, what did you make of his um, appearance? He said prior to the game that he was feeling as strong as he ever had. It was his first full pre-season in about eight years, I think is what he said, which is bizarre for a professional footballer, but we know the unfortunate injury uh, nightmare that Andy Carroll has had in previous seasons. He looked sharp. He seems to be in the, in, a, in a good mindset, but I just guess that you can't de- you can't depend on him, can you? And that's that's the unfortunate thing that he might feel good, and we all want him to do well. But we know that history kind of suggests that he may um, he may suffer an injury sooner rather than later, and then Newcastle are without a, a, another striker. Yeah, I mean, look, it's we can definitely sit here right now and say he's not going to play 38 Premier League games, so he's not going to play 90 minutes every week. So it's how much is he going to play after that? I mean, he got, through, I think he had 19 appearances last season and that was his best for a number of years. He's had a lot of you know, problems um, with his ankle, as we all know. And I think even he knows that he's not going to play um, beyond 25 games a season. So I think any time you can get 19 or 20 appearances out of him, whether it's from the bench or a start here and there, I think is fine. But you certainly kind of hang your hat on him. He's not going to get you 25 goals a season. And Newcastle needs somebody else who, who can, as I say, put the ball in the net. Dwight Gale had done well at the end of last season. Um, is he a 20-goal-a-season man in the Premier League? Never done that. So Newcastle needs someone proven. But as we all know, uh, 
it costs money and you know last season they paid 40 million for Joel Linton they're not going to do that this summer it's a huge problem I think a few people asking about Joel Linton him and Muto haven't been seen in the, in the training camp pictures they haven't featured or they didn't feature against crew it's a big season for uh, Joel Linton any word on where he is? Um, and a lot of people asking whether he's maybe something to do with if he's gone back home and it's COVID related, you know, he's got a quarantine. Any idea um, at the club or anyone close to the club um, confirming you or give you any suggestions of where the two the two are? Well, so far, we haven't had anything confirmed from Newcastle on that. Um, certainly put the messages out to, to people um, who are close to Jolin and they have read them. <laughs> But uh, they haven't come back to us yet. So we have to wait and see exactly what this is. We don't know how serious the, the issue is at the moment. Uh, it could be something as simple as quarantine, as you say. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. You can't speculate until we've, we've had it from, from the right people and they haven't responded yet. And Newcastle as a club haven't said anything uh, publicly yet. I'm sure next time Steve Bruce uh, faces the media over Zoom, I'm sure he'll be honest enough to... To answer the question, but at the moment we, we just haven't uh, had the, the official confirmation of why isn't there. The minute we get it, it'll be on that website. Sticking with strikers, I think you, you asked, uh, you spoke to Steve Bruce earlier this week, and it was about you know signing a striker, and he, you know he, he mentioned that he understands it's having a striker up here is really important to the fans and to the club. And he said, you know, if we can if we can improve the squad, we will do. Were you filled with confidence that? Um, he'll, he'll get a new striker in and someone and one that he, he wants someone who can hit the ground running in the Premier League because that's what's cost them not just last season really um, but you know we had Rondon and that paid off but before then you were struggling weren't you really um, without a, a Premier League pedigree striker do you get the feeling that Steve Bruce's desire and, and the fans desire to see a, a Premier League experienced striker coming in in this window is going gonna, is gonna to happen? Well, you can, you know, you wrote, you read those quotes the other day, and um, it didn't fill you with confidence that they were about to splash out on a on a centre forward like they did last summer with, with Joe Linton, and, and look what happened there. You've got the whole collapse of the takeover going on. You've got Mike Ashley um, already making it clear that there's going to be a reduced transfer budget at the club, and then you've got players that they can't really offload um, because. They're asking for too much money. People like Muto, they're on you know thirty odd grand a week um, at least, and it might even be a little bit more than that. It might be close, it might be closer to forty grand. But at the end of the day, there's clubs out there who aren't willing to pay that money. So therefore, Newcastle are almost lumbered with with the players, and they've got to try and get something out of them. And uh, last season, it proved a big struggle for Muto to even get near the pitch. Um, Dwight Gale had injury problems Joe Linton didn't really settle in Andy Carroll wasn't fully fit so it's a big problem the, the striker situation and it can't be underestimated go, they've, got, they've got time to sort it out um, if everyone gets uh, their heads together in the remainder of the window they've got time to sort it out but um, they need to move quickly because as you've seen there's a lot of other even the newly promoted clubs who are all going out there and getting a striker Leeds uh, spending 30 million on a, on a big name striker so Newcastle you know they need to get moving on this one we've got a comment there um, from Kajitkil and he says they should sign Joshua King he is proven and you know that's a name that's been mentioned we know Newcastle previously have looked at him but the 
problem is is that today he's been linked with AC Milan and Bournemouth have made it abundantly clear with the likes of King, the likes of uh, Callum Wilson, Daniel Brooks, who have all been linked to Newcastle over the past uh, few months, that they are going to hold out for big money. And like you say there, Lee, there's a limited budget. Mike Ashley doesn't want to be here. Um, he thought he'd be long gone. You then got the impact of COVID and what have you. So you can't just go out and, and sign someone like Josh King because he's going to cost he's going to cost more than Newcastle. Maybe you've got to spend, you know, throughout the whole of this transfer window, let alone on one player. Yeah, and it won't even just be the this, this simple transfer fee. It'll be how much Josh King wants over four or five years. It, it's going to be a lot of money. Um, and that's the price on the ticket. You've got to pay it if you, if you want certain players. You've got, to, you've got to pay the money. And, you know, Newcastle, they've tried to scrape and scrape and scrape in the past. They didn't last summer, let's be fair to them. Um, they backed Rafa at, at, at times, but other times he, he didn't see the money sort of coming in. Um, in January transfer windows I think it was so they've got to make sure that they've got the firepower on board going into this new season because as I say last season they finished 13th they had to work so hard to get that finish uh, whether people think it's spectacular or not they had to ev- put everything in to get that finish and uh, now from Steve Bruce's point of view you may have been told you're going to have to battle on with the toolbox you've got in front of you. And um, that, that, that could be a tough season for him. I'm sure he's pushing behind the scenes. He's already said that, hasn't he? He said he's knocking on the door as hard as he can. Uh, must be difficult. Mike Ashley in Miami still. And, you know, he's Lee Charlie needing to get answers from above him. So it's a long and painful process for any manager in Newcastle when it comes to transfers. And uh, Steve Bruce is, is probably tasting that now. If you have any questions for Lee, please do drop them in the comments and we'll get through to them. Um, sticking with that preseason game then against Crew, some some positives. We, we've mentioned there the negative that Dwight Gale limped off and it, it doesn't look good. But we had, obviously, Carroll score quite a spectacular goal. You had Jamal Lascelles back, Paul Dummett back, which is great to see. Um, you had Dan Barlaise as well start and then he replaced... Dwight Gale and then got an assist for Federico Fernandez's uh, third. Um, you had Mark Gillespie in goal. So there were, there were a few positives to take. And of course, yes, it is pre-season. Yes, it is against uh, you know a lower league side. But I guess it's good to see, especially those that were injured back and you've got Dan Bollers as well making an impression. So Dwight Gale aside, positives to take from that victory? Yeah, positives to take. Um, I Try not to get too excited about preseason friendlies. Uh, seeing Newcastle get some great results down the years, uh, putting three and four past past teams, and it meant for it meant nothing when the real season started out. Just as it did, remember they got beat six one at Lane Orient a few years ago, and they went on to to win the championship title. You know, everyone was panicking after that six one defeat. Newcastle went on and, and had a successful season. You can't read too much into them, but positive signs. Uh, Andy Carroll. Getting a goal won't do him any harm whatsoever. Uh, probably a, a weight off his shoulders. He's waited so long for that. Um, as you say, youngsters like Dan Barley's are getting a bit of a chance. Mark Gillespie having a decent debut. I think he made a, a decent save from the, the highlights package that, that's been put together. So, lots of positives. The big negative, obviously, Dwight Gale getting injured. Um, but you know, they've got another game on Saturday against Barnsley. And they, they're just slowly building up to 
that first game against West Ham, and it's it's going to be tough. So we'll see we'll see where they go with the friendlies. I'm just one of these people that wants to see them get through the preseason fixture list with as few injuries as possible. I'm sure Steve Bruce wants that as well, um, but that's what I look at at the end of a preseason friendly. Not the result, who's injured, who's fit, and uh, and then who you got going into that final game against West Ham. Yeah, I mean, just getting through, like you say, without any injuries would be would be wonderful. We've got uh, Jimmy Lamb there asking about Jacob Murphy. Lots of talk about Jacob Murphy potentially heading to Rangers. Uh, Steve Bruce again. He spoke to many. He, he sounded like Jacob Murphy was one of those players who was going to get given a chance when you spoke to him about. Uh, moving players on the likes of uh, Andre Savé, Steve Bruce pretty much said no, 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 you know he's a nice guy, top professional, but I think it was him, Aaron's and uh, Lazar were kind of it's yeah, they're on the transfer list. But he spoke about Jacob Murphy, and he seemed like he's one of those players that he wants to see over the next couple of weeks and, and potentially give him a chance moving moving forward. Yeah, possibly. I think. If he doesn't get certain deals done, then maybe there might be one or two surprises who end up on the on the squad list who, who didn't last season. But I think at least Jacob Murphy and Henry Savé can say that that they're in the in the preseason sort of camp, if you like. Um, Rolando Aaron's wasn't in, involved in it. Uh, Lazar is training on his own in Italy, so those two would seem pretty much out of contention now and have very little chance to to revive their Newcastle careers. Um, Jacob Murphy wanted by Sheffield Wednesday. He would have to do a great deal in the next couple of weeks to, to even be in contention for, for the Premier League. Is there a fee there that, that can be sort of haggled and Steve Bruce can then put that into his transfer part? That that could be part of the ploy why he hasn't allowed him to, to go straight on, straight back to Sheffield Wednesday at the moment. So there's, there's little things that are going on, but... I asked Steve Bruce that question straight on Friday. I said, have these guys got any chance? And he said, we have to find them new homes. That was his words. And uh, so far, they'll have to you know, keep keep coming in and working hard and see, seeing where it takes them. But, you know, there's, there's certainly scope for one or two surprise uh, people on that, on that squad list when the season starts. Mentioned there, Andre Savi, and for me, it's it's just bizarre. Obviously, Steve Bruce mentioned he's a really good professional, but he hasn't played for near on. It must be now two years, I think, for Newcastle United, uh, and yet he's always in the first team training. He's always training with the first team. He's clearly got a good uh, relationship with the likes of Lejeune and Manquillo. Um, he's always in their social media. Well, can you just give our listeners? Any insight into into what's happened there? Why does Steve Bruce not fancy him? And Rafa Benitez before that as well. I mean, with, with Henry Surveyor, you've got to go back to um, it's almost four years ago now when before Rafa Benitez came to the club, it was one of, uh, it was a January signing for Steve McLaren and it wasn't actually Steve McLaren's choice. It was one of Graham Carr's last signings as chief scout in Newcastle. And he pushed so hard to get him. Um, I've met him a few times and think he's a you know pretty much down to earth guy and just wants to work hard. And it's not his fault what's happened in terms of managerial change. Um, but where where would you who who would you start him ahead of going into the new season? I would say you know Shelby, uh, Hendrick, and Hayden have got those you know 
midfield areas pretty much sold up and that's before you bring the two Longstaff brothers into the equation so it's going to be hard to, to see where, where he fits in and also he's another one who's on a, a relatively big wage pack and I think he's on about 35 grand a week and uh, it's one that you, you could do with um, you know clearing off the wage bill to, to make room for others possibly a striker you know you could put that money somewhere else if you can if you can find him a club but um one of the fittest guys, I believe, um, in terms of, you know, running around the training ground, uh, one of the quickest on there, um, puts in a real shift. And one of these players who, you know, Newcastle fans, you know, may not see the see the best of, but certainly an intelligent player. And um, you've seen in the Premier League a couple of years ago, free kick at uh, West Ham, wasn't it, as you say? And um, we've had glimpses of what it could be like, but it doesn't look like it's going to be... A, a happy ending to his uh, career in Newcastle. Just one of those unfortunate <laughs> uh, players, uh, it looks like. On to then potential additions. We mentioned the, the striker search there. Um, left back is another one. We've got a few people asking about Jetro Williams. Emma Hayes there is asking um, anything. Could, could Jetro Williams return? Obviously, we know he, he did impress and then he got injured against Chelsea, which saw his, his season. Um, you know, end there. Greek media reporting about a bid for Dimitrios Ginialos. Is that how you yeah. pronounce it? I'm going to go with that. The PAOK left back. Um, so left back seems, is, is left back a priority for Steve Bruce, do you think, Lee? And is there anything in those two names that we've mentioned there? I think that the, certainly that's what they're working on at the moment. They're trying to sign full back um, ahead of a striker. Hence, a lot of the noise uh, in articles about the need for a striker. It seems obvious to, to a lot of people that a centre-forward should be the priority, but at the moment, it's that full-back area they're working. I'm sure they're knocking on other doors in terms of uh, possible you know, front-line players, but at the moment, in terms of how far down the line they are, they're like saying, right, this pot of money is, is what we need for, for a left-back. Um, obviously, we've seen the bid mentioned below and the other... Two who keep getting mentioned, obviously, Gerald Willems. How fit is he? Is he going to be ready for the new season? Is there a possible deal that that can be done? But probably more interestingly, Danny Rose at Spurs hasn't got a new club yet. He's got no future at Tottenham. It's a bit of interest from abroad. But as far as Danny Rose is concerned, he was happy at Newcastle. And I think if come towards the end of the transfer window, Danny Rose is still looking for a club, I think that that could, uh, could be a possibility for Newcastle and then he would have a full season to, to try and get fit because we didn't see the best of him. We've seen, we've seen glimpses of it, his experience and he's a solid competitor and he's, he's a winner. He's an in England national, played in um, World Cups and European Championships. So hopefully, uh, from my point of view, I think he would probably be the best choice. I know a few people might not agree with that, but for me, if he can get Danny Rose again on loan for another season, get him fit I think that would be a great addition indeed he is kind of time on time so it got disrupted obviously by COVID-19 so maybe we didn't get to see the full uh, Daniel was fully fit and you know like we say his season was was disrupted by the break um, on to then the dreaded word of takeover we've got a few people asking Lee um, we'll go back to that question there from Emma Hills just wanting to kind of clarify from your understanding why the takeover actually didn't go through. Now, we've spoken about this many times, but um, 
you know, obviously we had the Premier League meet the NUST the other week. And for you, does that draw the line under it now? Or do you think things could potentially be working kind of behind closed doors and, and, and it's better that way as well, out, out of the public eye? I think, to be honest, the, the information that will, the facts that we're getting from the Premier League now and even from the bidding side or that they withdrew from the process so no decision could be made and that has left a lot of people disappointed um, they were offered the chance of sort of arbitration which was a strange one because normally you would only have that if there was a solid decision um, but they didn't take it so I think there's a lot of emphasis now on, on sort of the, the Middle East Consortium, PIF, Manna Stavely. Uh, they, they're the ones who can take this on. They've asked for the help of the fans. They got it in abundance. And they, the fans have done their bit now, you know. Then UST did brilliantly to, to, to get a meeting with Richard Masters and get some on-the-record answers. The MPs did a good job getting Masters to, to write a letter back and explain to people you know, what had gone on. So I think the emphasis now on the, the Middle East Consortium to to put this together and, and make it happen, or at least give the information to the Premier League that they've asked for, and then a decision can be made and it can be fought out legally, whatever. Um, but it's a it's a heartbreaker, really, when you think about what, what it could have been and, and what it is now. And they're probably the only credible group in terms of who've shown they have the money you have got Henry Maurice there we've spoken so much about this guy but at the end of the day he hasn't managed to move this thing on um, a lot of people think he doesn't exist which isn't true uh, he has had talks to Mike Ashley he has held face to face talks he's paid legal fees um, he, he's gone so far down the process but it just looks at the minute he's got cold feet and um, yeah it's a, it's a, another disappointing one. Well, you mentioned there, um, Henry Maurice, and over the past few days, you wrote a story about um, Ashley being a bit baffled, a bit bemused that, you know, all this money has been paid regarding legal fees, etc. And then we're at a point where everyone's kind of scratching their heads, asking, where's Henry Maurice? Um, just... Do you do you feel like you said there he's got cold feet? Do you see him coming back to the table? Um, and I, again, I, we, myself and Mark Douglas discussed this the other day about it. There's not been a running commentary, and could that be taken as a positive? Do you think? You know, Mike Ashley always said you'll wake up and it'll be done. And out of it, all the the bids that we've had, we've had obviously the the Man of Stavely one, we've had the uh, the BN group, which we'll get onto in a moment they've been kind of played out in various stages of in the public eye, whereas Henry Maurice, not so much. So could that be taken as a positive, do you think, or or, or not? Potentially. I think as far as Henry Maurice is concerned, um, apparently he isn't the type of character who wants it all to play on the press. And it hasn't, it hasn't sort of leaked from, from his end. It, it's come from other people. Um, but... You know, this this whole situation now is it, it's getting messy as far as Newcastle are concerned because it's holding them back. Um, it's it's holding the current owner back in some ways because he now has a 
almost an excuse not to spend money and and that's the, he's taken that excuse in the past and this is a big season ahead now and Newcastle don't get off to a good start um, it, that pressure is going to intensify on everybody around the club so yeah I'd, I'd love to say we can resolve it right here right now but we just it's it's impossible and it's up to you know the, the powers that be on all sides to, to come out and make it happen Ah, just another quick thanks for tuning in. We really do appreciate it. But we've got a favour to ask you. Wherever you're listening from, whether that be iTunes or Spotify or some other app, we really need you guys to like, subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help us out and lets us keep on recording these podcasts for your listening. So if you could do that by the end of the show, that would really, really be appreciated. We'll get back now to Lee Ryder and Newcastle United question there from Paul Lynch regarding uh, Amanda Stavely in the PIF and he says do you think that they should come out with a statement of intent given the Premier League's responses but I mean to, to be fair to the group you know the statement they put out at the start of this month where they announced they withdrawn their bid it's pretty clear in that isn't it and we all would want answers and there are questions to be put to the buy inside but in terms of them I suppose still being a buying side, so to speak, they've made their intentions quite clear because the statement says it has been withdrawn and that is kind of the line drawn. Um, so, and I've seen a few people saying, you know, that we need to know um, whether this, whether that bid's on the table. But quite frankly, the, the statement made it, it made it quite clear, didn't it? Well, it did. And if you can go to the trouble of releasing the statement and say you're withdrawn, you can go to the trouble of releasing the statement and say, back on but unfortunately they haven't done that and we have approached them and we got handed some media packs on who to contact to see where things stood and at the moment it's uh, it's they're not really responding in the same positive way they were now I'm not going to sit here and raise hopes and say oh well that means that something could be going on in the background because they should be able to stand that up and they haven't been able to so it's uh, it was a draining experience from start to finish. We didn't need it during lockdown. It was uh, it was very tough, and you know now we're going to a new season with with the same owner, and it's uh, it's it's so it's depressing for a lot of people because they know that the ambition hasn't been there from this owner. Um, you know we saw them get to a quarter final of an FA Cup last season, um, but they couldn't push it uh, any further because the finances that have been sort of shelled out and it's, it's not enough. So uh, disappointing in, in some ways, but with Newcastle United, there's always a story just around the corner. It's never it's never dull, is it? So we just have to uh, plough on and, and, and see where we, where we go next. But Lee, do you think the buyers or fans or MPs, a bit of an explanation given the Premier League's responses, especially after they canvassed them, to put pressure on the Premier League or do you think that silence now is the best policy and everything should just be done behind closed doors? I think if, if you wanted to, to to almost, you know, keep your head, it would be better to to to, to wait and, and see what sort of unfolds. But look, they, if they come out and make a statement and say they're going to do this, this and this and they aren't able to... Uh, to deliver after all this, then uh, it's going to be difficult. The, the Stavely 
sort of PR machine um, during times like April, um, April and May, we were pushing a lot of PR out to to big media companies, uh, Sky Sports. If you remember, had a yellow breaking news ticker saying that Pochettino was being lined up as the next manager. Didn't happen. Uh, they were talking about how much transfer funds were going to happen, how they were going to bring the legends back to the club. Didn't happen. So it's no good making these promises if you can't deliver. Get yourself in position at a club. Um, get the money paid. Get the keys to the place. Get get behind the scenes. See what's what. And then you can do all these things. It's It doesn't make any sense uh, to, to leak all this information and, and then not be able to deliver it as is with the greatest will in the world, you know, fans are only um, taken on board once or twice, and they've heard it all before at Newcastle. So, you know, we, we try to to tell it how it is in terms of base it on facts rather than speculation. And unfortunately, the greatest speculators were, were coming from the middle the Middle East consortium side. They were coming out with all these grand plans, but unable to get it over the line. Um, on to then the Belgraph Noah group just briefly, Lee. A few stories over the past couple of days about their office, about Obama's pictures. Um, but they still maintain they are a genuine uh, bidder for Newcastle United. But I tell you what, if you want to buy a football club, it's it's been the, the ideal example of how not to go about it in my view what, what's your latest understanding with that group is it a case again just things maybe working on behind the background and silence is now the best policy yeah I think they've for me they don't seem like football people in terms of there's nobody leading it who's got any experience in football um, because they've almost made an admission of that by going to Alan Shearer um, or try or, or making out that they've gone to Alan Shearer um, and you know we, we still haven't heard on the record uh, whether that, that part of it was was right um, just yet I think they've gone to a lot of people and tried to, to get a handle of, of what Newcastle's all about well believe me they've already found out that because they've had some scathing criticism um, from from fans and people mocking them and they, they know what it's all about, and uh, that that is what it. It's it's the environment you're stepping into. It's a very critical uh, environment in, in the world of Newcastle United, and um, it's a serious business. And you cannot you cannot say you can do this, that, and the other, and then then not deliver. And so far, they've said a lot, um, but they haven't managed to get above the 280 million bid. Mike Ashley not taking it too seriously and yeah it's they've had a few other um, negative articles on other sites and I'm sure that the in the next couple of weeks we're going to see how how uh, whether they're for real or not because if they haven't done anything in the next couple of weeks then I think it's, it's safe to uh, completely dismiss them <coughs> Just finally, then we'll finish on a question from Sai Rudge And he says, where do you think Newcastle need investment? He's pointed out, I think, like everybody else, that they need a striker. Um, for you, is, is the striker the main the main priority? We mentioned left back. Is it 
but is there anywhere else you'd like to see Steve Bruce potentially add to the, to the side? No, I think if you look at the squad, the the fine on the goalkeeping front, they've got loads of defenders. Um, midfield is is well, you know, well stocked. It's got to be a striker. You know, he's right. What he's saying, the guy, it's it's got to be a striker, and it's got to be a, a proven goal scorer who can come in and 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 do the business, and you know, whatever, he, however many goals. Is, is a respectable tally these days. We, you know, we used to have 30, 35 goal a season men at Newcastle. I think that would cost you a lot of money to, to get that now. Just someone who can get double figures would be uh, would be appreciated going into the new season. But, you know, 10 to 15, 16, 17 goals in that team, um, you know, with others chipping in, I think will will be, you know, enough to, to stay up. And it's, it's just disappointing. And I think I said to you before how, it was. I know Newcastle United have got absolutely no chance of signing Lionel Messi, but they used to be linked. You know, back in the entertainers' days, um, they were linked with some big names. They signed some big names coming in from Spain and Italy. Uh, Italy being the big league at the time, and it's just sad now that it's a it's a, a joke, um, a running joke almost on on social media that they're linked with these players, and uh, it's you know disappointing because you know the ambition and how far Newcastle United can go, but that ambition isn't being realised. 